Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hi, my name is Lewis Howes, and welcome to the Daily Motivation Show. Today's episode is all about unlocking the power of your mind. Having a growth mindset is one of the most crucial decisions you can make in your life. Mental toughness can allow you to respond instead of react, to be in control instead of out of control, and give you the endurance you need to follow your dreams. Alfred Adler, the psychoanalyst, the associate of Freud, built his whole theory around inferiority complex plus compensation. You tell a story about being picked last, and then you compensated for that. You got picked last, it embarrassed the hell out of you. Yep. So what did you do? You decided that is not going to be me Never anymore. again. Right. Never again. So the first thing I would say is that if you feel insecure and less and ashamed and all of that, that you have to take stock. Okay, well, if you have some faults and you feel insecure and inferior because of that, well, you should. Now, it shouldn't be so much that you're crippled by it and unable to take action. You shouldn't be beating yourself into the ground because you're not everything you could be because no one is. And if you beat yourself into the ground, then you can't get up and improve. But you have to differentiate. It's like, okay, to what degree am I being hard on myself? Counterproductively critical. How much of my self-criticism is ill-advised? Fair enough. And you want to deal with yourself with a certain amount of care. But then... Along with that, there's the, well, fix your weaknesses. And inadequacy is a pathway that you can travel down, right? A recognized inadequacy is, as soon it's such a gift in some sense, if, if it's accurate, because you think, well, what should I do? What should I do with my life? That's a real complicated question. Right. Oh, here's an inadequacy. Excellent, you have, a, you have a, a goal now, rectify it. And if someone is goalless, lazy, unmotivated, not sure what they want to do. What would be a few key steps to get started to, to turn their life around or to find the motivation for something greater than where they're at? You can find it in shame. You can find it in guilt. You can find it in conscience. You can find it in anger. You can find it in interest. And, and and engagement and beauty. There's lots of pathways. If you're angry about something in the world, well, you know, that's an indication that that's in some sense your problem. It, it's speaking to you in a moral sense. This shouldn't be that way. Well, maybe you're the person who should do something about it in some manner. Maybe it'll take your whole life to figure out how to do that. But it's bothering you for a reason. Shame. That's a good one. What am I ashamed of? Well, can you fix any of that? Because you might ask yourself, let's say you're so ashamed and so crushed that you're nihilistic and you can't see any hope for life. You're just done. You might think, well, what if I was less ashamed? Like, I'm not going to jump off the bridge today. I'm going to wait a year. I'm going to not, I'm going to work on these things that I'm ashamed of. And, 
and just see, like, does my life improve enough so that I'm not so bitter about it now or I'm not so hopeless about it now? And my experience has generally been that that works. It works. You know, sometimes there's a crisis and well-meaning mental health professionals rush in to discuss the trauma while it's still happening. That's a really bad idea. People are generally traumatized because something actually horrible happened. And dwelling on it in the moment just makes it worse. It's not like anybody has a solution. Here's how you should understand this. That'll make it all better. It's like, no, it won't. When, when you're the only person that something has happened to, that's really not good, right? Because it alienates you even from yourself. You have no idea what to do with that. And so that's sometimes why people find it such a relief to have their illness diagnosed. It's like, oh, there is, this is known There's a category. Other people have had this experience. Maybe there's a pathway through it. So just knowing that you're not the only person like that can be very helpful. What your brain wants from you in relationship to a traumatic memory is indication that you're no longer vulnerable to the same problem. That's what memory is for, right? You remember something bad and you process it so that you change your interpretation or your behavior or the situation or whatever you can change so that it isn't going to happen in the future. And that'll, if you do that thoroughly, you'll generally let yourself rest. You, you make sense of your past behavior so that bet, the good things that happen to you can be duplicated and the bad things can be avoided. It's not to make an objective record of the world. It's to make a functional map of the world that you can apply to the future. And then some of, some of its practical knowledge too. It's like you can get a really long way with very small changes, incremental changes. You want a goal that you can do, but that requires some improvement on your part. Because you want to attain the goal, that's satisfying, but then you want to make yourself into the thing that can attain goals. So imagine you're going to pursue a goal, but you're full of doubts. And so 40% of you is doubts and 60% of you is pursuing the goal. And then five or six people object and they object using the doubts. That's going to be really hard on you. It may be that your goal is not everything it could be. And it may be that your strategy isn't fully fleshed out. And so you have to have a conversation with your doubts and take them seriously and see if you can construct a goal that's that you're on board with. What do you think of the skills that people should start to develop in their 20s in general to make them open to success financially, relationship, health-wise, things that everyone should focus on in their 20s? Stop drinking too much. How do you know if you're drinking too much? Um, you regret what you do when you're drinking. <laughs> It's, it's interfering with other important goals. It's, it's causing you financial distress. It's getting you in trouble with your friends or your family. It's getting you in trouble with the police. Okay, so stop abusing substances if you can. Physical health, are you in decent shape? Are you strong and coordinated? And if you're not, well, 
you'd be better if you were. <laughs> you'd feel better, you'd be more effective, you'd live longer, you'd be less sick. You start to decline in your fluid intelligence at about the age of 25. And it's a linear trend downhill and it can accelerate as you get older. It's just like this, quite ugly. If you exercise, you stave that off. So that's really useful. Maintain your relationships and, and foster them. So when I look at successful people, they're really good at something. They're reliable, right? You can count on their word. They're generous and they have a wide, wide connection network, which becomes more and more valuable as you get older. So it's one advantage that older people really have over younger people. They have a connection network and a connection network is huge. Well, you could be connected to a thousand well-connected people. Okay. That means you are connected to the entire world, right? It's unbelievably valuable. Philosophical sophistication. It's very useful um, because it orients you properly you have a sophisticated sense of, of the world, you find, for example, that doing things for other people is actually more rewarding than virtually anything else you can do. You know, when you hear you should be of service to other people. Well, if you actually watch yourself, you pay attention to yourself and you do something that helps someone else and it genuinely helps them. I defy you to find another experience that is that satisfying. I could give you a, qu a quick sort of technical example. So imagine I take two people and I say, okay, um, I'm going to give you $100 and you have to give some of it to the person right beside you. And they can either agree or disagree with the split, but if they disagree, you don't get anything. Okay, so a classical economist would say that the person should take the hundred, offer the person next to them a dollar, and the person should accept it because why not? They get a dollar instead of nothing. And that's the solution. But what happens is that if you don't offer that other person something close to 50-50, they're likely to tell you. you to go to hell. Yes, yeah. very. And then, and then you, you think, get well, nothing. You get nothing too. You think, well, why would people do that? The answer is, well, we don't just play one game with other people. We play a repeating game. And so, so imagine we did this. So imagine it's a crowd and they're all watching you. And I offer you $100 and you have to share it with the person next to you. And you say, would you like to take $70? And the person says, well, I'm not sure that's fair to you, but if it's okay, yes. But then everyone else sees that. And now they all have an opportunity to pick who they're going to play with next. Well, you're not going to get picked last, are you? Let's say that I, you want to be selfish. You think that's the best possible strategy. Why should I care about others? Okay, let's say you should only act in your own best interest. Well, then it's like, well, what's your best interest? Well, what does interest mean and what does you mean mm. what's in your best interest your best interest three mysteries what's your what's best what's interest okay. well there's you but you aren't just you right now mm. you're you and you tomorrow and you next week and you next month and you in five years and you in ten years and you when you're a pensioner you're a community 
of selves stretched across time. And so if you were enlightened and selfish, you would act in a manner that would benefit that entire community across time. So I think as soon as human beings discovered the future, we we know we were no longer singular individuals we're instantly each a community and then the community ethic prevails and the community ethic is i want to win in a way that makes you win the better a person you are the more likely that is to happen that doesn't mean you that you're completely protected against getting cut off at the knees but there's no better strategy but the purpose of living ethically is so that so that you have some peace the, the ethical torment and and the the peace that emerges as a consequence i would like you to imagine that many many years away you get to choose the last day on earth for yourself but you eventually got to go and you accomplish everything you want to create into the world but uh, for whatever reason you got to take all your work with you but you get to leave behind three truths the three lessons the biggest lessons you've learned in your life that you'd want to share with the world and this is all we would have what would you say would be your three truths i would say strive to manifest the faith necessary to make things better rather than worse pray that you have enough terror to be frightened out of your own deceit and strive to be grateful regardless it, it's it's an act of faith and courage to be grateful because there's reasons not to be so my final question is what's your definition of greatness the capacity to utter and abide by beautiful truths I am so excited for you to finish the rest of your day strong. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to click the link in the description and it'll take you to the full episode of my other show, The School of Greatness. Make sure to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Daily Motivation Show. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com.